Welcome to the Agency X podcast. This is part one of a multi-part series uh, for using Shopify Plus for international commerce. Welcome to the Agency X podcast. Today we're talking about using Shopify Plus for international commerce. There's been some announcements at, at, at Shopify Reunite, um, as well as you know just our experience with uh, working with international brands. Uh, some of the different approaches uh, merchants can take. Uh, some considerations uh, from anything between uh, integrations all the way to customer experience, as well as three uh, PLs uh, and the different approaches for. Uh, uh, borderless commerce. Um, so I wanted to kind of start things off with um, a little bit of an introduction. Uh, we recently released a ebook on this exact topic, and we're going to be doing a multi-part series on considerations when using Shopify Plus for international commerce. Um, some of those topics are going to range, like I mentioned, from integrations to shipping through post-purchase, et cetera. And we're going to be looping in some of our partners that are involved in this ebook, such as BL Omni uh, on the integration side, uh, as well as some other partners to talk about some different aspects so we can get their take on how to best take your brand international. So, you know, I, a few things that I wanted to talk about um, specifically around Shopify Plus for internet. Um, so we all know that Shopify Plus can be a very scalable and powerful e-commerce platform, um, especially for direct-to-consumer brands. Um, it's a hosted solution. Um, we don't really need to get into all of the details about what Shopify is, but we want to know a lot of times we get the question, you know, can I go international with Shopify? Is it set up for Shopify for international sales out of the box? And yeah, technically you could you could sell internationally with Shopify Plus right out of the box, um, but there's a lot of things to consider. Um, currency, um, you know, are you selling in your your business's currency and displaying those rates there, or are you going to display um, your customers' um, currencies on products? And when they check out, what are they checking out with? And and there's been some announcements um, at Shopify Reunite, and you know it it wouldn't be um, we we have to touch on those topics because we can't mention international commerce without touching on some of the new developments that are coming out in this next year. So um, a couple of things that Shopify Plus is going to be releasing is one um, borderless commerce, so local domains. Um, as far as what the Shopify Unite, Unite website says. Um, you're going to be able to scale your global e-commerce strategy with localized buying experience for international customers. Whether you manage your business from one store or multi-stores, local domains are a simple way to tailor the currency and language based on your customer's location to give them a local buying experience. Now, that's supposed to come out later this year. That, To me, that is really huge. And that is going to fulfill a lot of the requirements um, merchants have for selling international. The fact that you that merchants will be able to tailor communication, currency, language to the customers—that's huge. Um, that's providing a 
top tier e-commerce experience for your international customers. So um, I think that's going to be local domains is going to be really huge for, um, for, for merchants who are selling internationally. The other is custom foreign exchange, custom FX. So selling uh, globally using different pricing strategies for different currencies with custom effects, lock in a set price for your, for each currency you sell in, giving you more control over your price list. So this is really big in a recent fashion brand, a global fashion brand of ours is making this request now prior to this even coming out. They want more, more control over their pricing. So um, that goes back to what I mentioned before is like, are, are you selling, are you just doing a, a straight exchange rate? Do you need different pricing? Um, a lot of merchants have different regions that they're selling in. They have different pricing there. So how can you do that? Um, you know, one of our popular suggestions and considerations is, is using Shopify Plus for multi-store. Um, so that's something we talk about in the ebook a lot is um, the approach using multi-store. So that's something that, that brands need to consider. There are other solutions. A lot of the merchants we work with use something called Global E uh, for international checkout. So that's a separate checkout portal um, for international customers. Uh, our, our, one of our clients, Undefeated, they use it. Kith, they use it. Some others uh, use it as well. So when, you're, when a, a customer visits your store, uh, let's say in the U.S. and you're U.S.-based, they're going to get the Shopify Plus checkout. They're going to be able to just go through that experience. Uh, it, it gets routed through fulfillment um, the same way any other Shopify Plus store will. Um, now, maybe you're, you're visiting from Europe. When you go to checkout, you're going to have a separate checkout experience. This is probably the easiest and quickest way to do it, but you don't have complete control over that checkout experience, um, nor would you have complete control over the language and currency. So it looks like this new custom effects um, feature that's coming out is going to give you more control. But right now, since it's not available, um, and if you even need more control, a lot of merchants are going with multi-store. So this is one of the most common approaches. Um, but you need to make some. You need to consider that you're basically going to be managing two stores, or three stores, or four stores. How many different um, expansion stores you have on Shopify Plus? So as we know, Shopify Plus has up to ten or eleven expansion stores included in your Shopify Plus account. Um, you could add some of those for different locations and have uh, different domains, us.yourdomain.com, canada.ca.yourdomain.com, et cetera. Um, and each of those stores can act independently. They can have different pricing, different um, uh, uh, currencies, different language, different content. We're currently doing that for one of our enterprise clients right now. Another one of their regions has a completely separate Shopify Plus channel. Um, to be able to have uh, in French Canadian, um, as well as different pricing. And sometimes there's different ways that you need to communicate or there's different product offerings for different locations. So that's something where multi-store can be very, very powerful. Um, the fact that you can have all of those channels in one dashboard and then be able to treat them as almost separate sites. But you need to consider if your team is not big enough, if you don't have the internal resources to be able to manage a multi-store set up, um, it might not be the best approach. Maybe you do want to go with something like Global E, or maybe you do want to wait until this new functionality comes out that could be more manageable for brands. But either way, Shopify Plus is going to allow you to sell globally. And depending on your how your business operates and what your goals are, there might be a different approach. Um, so a, a lot of merchants will come to us and say, well, we want to sell internationally. And my question is, is well, what can you support? 
um, you know, because we could build it any way that, you know, to, to start selling internationally, you could just start doing that out of the box. We could help, you know, advise, but we need to understand what your business goals are. We need to understand how you operate. You don't want to recommend a multi-store setup to a smaller team that can't manage multiple stores. Um, and, you know, you, you need to make sure that you are recommending the right solution. So that's, that, those are some major considerations around, you know, using multi-store as well as some of the new developments. Um, <clears throat> integrations uh, is also a, a huge part of the, the ebook and something that we're, we're not going to dive too much into right now, um, just because we don't specialize in those types of integrations. Um, we always recommend an integration partner as a service, an iPass. Um, and VL Omni was nice enough to contribute to this ebook, and you know we're planning to have them on a podcast in the next coming weeks during this series. Um, and VL Omni is going to join and, and lend some support on the on the integration side of things. Um, but regardless of your infrastructure, you might need an inventory management system, so maybe Skubana or something else, or maybe an ERP system, um, uh, a enterprise. Um, a resource planning system such as Microsoft Dynamics um, or any other 3PLs um, or maybe none of the above. Um, so no, no two businesses are exactly the same. So you're going to have to see how your business operates and then make a decision on how that's being integrated. Is it going to be, is it an app that just gets installed in Shopify or do you need an integration partner as a service? And, you know, more complex setups are going to require that. Uh, and when, when the Omni comes on, they'll be able to bring up what some of the risks are there, what some of the benefits of having an iPass and how it makes brands um, back office operations just move uh, more seamlessly. Uh, so we're really looking forward to that. Uh, I'd love to dive into that right now, but personally, I don't know integrations as much as they do. So I'm going to leave that to the professionals. We could speak to it, but they, they definitely have a lot more uh, on, on that side of things. Um, so one thing that upon learning about this, because for me personally, uh, international e-commerce is such a vastly new world and a lot of experts, uh, such as Paul Rogers, their opinions on Shopify plus for international e-commerce has been, you know, it's not really a viable option or a lot of workarounds have to be done to make it possible. But with these new updates that were announced at reunite, it sounds like, you know, it, it's sort of any of the limitations before um, are now being addressed. And it's, would you say that's generally correct? Yeah. And, uh, um, you know, I, 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 Paul is really great at putting out content. Love to have him on the podcast one day. We spoke before, um, you know, he knows a lot about, um, especially on the logistics side and like migrations and, and international. So um, I'm sure he could bring a lot of value as well. Um, and I, I agree, I, I wouldn't necessarily call them workarounds. Um, I, I would say, you know, that, that there's different solutions and every brand is going to be different. Um, this new functionality does, uh, Shopify is definitely taking a big step forward with putting more focus on, um, international commerce with these, these new releases. Um, and I, I do want to be careful right, by calling them limitations prior to them being available, because if you look at any other e-commerce platform, whether it's uh, uh, um, Big Commerce or Magento or a custom setup or Salesforce or anything like that, you're going to face those same um, problems where, you know, 
depending on your business, you're going to need to do some work around. So depending on if you're using the inventory management system and, and then certain things that might be outside of the e-commerce platform, like the warehouse, where is it shipping from or taxes or compliance or, you know, all of these things that might be unique to a specific business. Um, you need to take a different approach. And sometimes it's less optimal. Have to have, there have to be trade-offs. So like, as I mentioned before, the trade-off with uh, multi-store is that you have to manage multiple stores, but you do have a lot more control. Um, and the trade-off between using a, um, uh, a third party for international checkout is that it's, all, it's easy to set up, but you're not going to have as much control and you're not going to have control that, that checkout experience nearly as much as if, if you used multi-store. So there's definitely going to be some trade-offs um, with this new functionality that's coming out. It's going to fulfill a lot of merchants' needs. Um, maybe the more complex your business is, uh, they might help a little bit, um, or not as much for some more basic needs, but you know, you might still need multi-store, you might still need different regions. For example, if your business is just managed in one location in New York for, you know, um, and you want to go international, any of these approaches can work for you. But some brands, especially larger brands, might have different entities where Europe operates completely independently from U.S., um, but maybe they share certain things in the back office and, and certain things need to be set up. So maybe multi-store is still a best, better option for them. Maybe some of this functionality won't really solve all of their problems. Maybe they need to use some sort of third-party software or integrations or 3PLs or, or anything like that. So. Um, I, I think that this is a huge step forward, um, and I definitely think that Shopify Plus is making a huge investment in uh, international commerce, more so than, than, than some other platforms, uh, and I'm really excited. Uh, and I know that some of our clients are already asking about, especially the custom effects um, features that are coming out. Sure. And I know we work with a lot of fashion brands, so generally that kind of precedes our clientele, but do you find there's any particular verticals that tend to have a need for international commerce because um, again um, i know i know fashion i definitely makes sense you know especially the larger ones but you know for some of our clients like uh natural dog company you know i i wonder if even if regardless of how big they scale would their vertical work well for like an international multi-store it depends. I mean, it depends on volume too. Um, so if you're completely crushing it in the States, um, you might want to test those markets. Um, and if you start selling internationally, maybe start small um, or, you know, you want to see if it's going to sell there. You don't want to make a huge investment into multi-store and going international if it's not something that you've tested. So you want to make sure that you're testing it. You want to make sure that, you know, you're able to scale before you make a huge investment in the national, because you know, you're playing in a completely different ball game. Um, what I've noticed is that most brands don't just say, hey, we're global and we're selling global out of the gate because maybe they can't fulfill all of that. Maybe, you know, if you're not able to ship properly, why is someone from you know, uh, Europe going to buy from someone in the States unless it's a product they can't get anywhere else? And if it takes 14 days for it to get to them, that might not be a great experience and you just made a huge investment in someone who's not going to buy from you again. So you do want to test that um, to make sure that it's a viable solution. So um, I don't know if there's any specific verticals that, that perform better internationally. I think overall it, it depends on how, what, what the, the quality of the product is, the quality of the brand or the brand recognition, you know, for example, like looking at a brand like Kith, 
like yeah, they're a fashion brand. They're very well known in the states, but they're they're well known internationally. You can't really get Kith anywhere else. So you're gonna maybe you could get you could rebuy it on eBay or some other stores, but most of the time you're gonna be buying from buying from Kith.com. So it makes sense to for them to go international. Um, you know, it makes sense for a, a, another one of our clients, Ports V or or, or Wolf and Shepherd, direct to consumer brands that you could really only get from them. Um, you know, some other brands that you could get a similar product and they don't have as much brand recognition, you know, you have to make sure before you go international, if your product is going to going to sell in that region. So I'm a big fan. I'm like with everything is testing, looking at analytics, looking at data, and then making some decisions from there. Um, I don't think that you should just jump into international commerce without testing. Uh, and maybe it's a staged approach. Maybe you do start off using a third party for international checkout. Um, and then you jump and start doing a multi-store um, and, and then start working in some of this other functionality. Uh, so same thing with, you know, launching your brand in general. Maybe you don't want to go all in with a completely custom experience. You want to go with a theme setup. You want to get launch quickly, test, look at analytics, look at Hotjar, provide a great customer experience and then optimize from there. So, um, you know, that's that's my take on kind of like, the different types of products. And I think it matters more about the brand and the, and the, the demand for the product internationally uh, rather than the specific vertical that it's in. Sure. And I, that's, that's true. And using going back to Kith as an example, because that's a really good one. Yeah. Kith offers international shipping, but they don't do multi-store. There's no kith.com slash like BR, CA, FR. And the reason being is because, you know, when you think of regionality and, you know, different products for serving different markets, Essentially, Kith's identity is tied very much locally to, you know, New York. Like the mm-hmm. New Yorkness of Kith is, you know, where its identity comes from. It's where like its inspiration uh, kind of holds its ground. So because mm-hmm. of that, it doesn't. It wouldn't make sense for them to have a you know a Kith.com slash, you know, JPABR like to have international stores because their products, their different products probably don't attune to different. Uh, you know, like international demographics, because again, their culture, Kith's culture is so very ingrained in its geographic location. While for something like Undefeated, the reason that they have both a um, US store and a JP store, even though they're technically not multi-store, they're separate entities altogether. Mm -hmm. The reason for that is because the kind of fashion and aesthetic of Undefeated does is very popular within the Asian market, within Japan and China. So because of that, it made more sense for them to have separate stores because the styles appeal to those markets differently. Yeah, And so yeah. I think that's a, another important thing to really get. Even if you don't know anything about international commerce, which openly admitting I really don't, you still have to see why people in different markets are buying your product. So I do like that approach of offering at the very least, you know, international shipping first, if that's your first step. I mean, that would be the main thing you do before you even thought about multi-store unless I think the days of that are probably over. I don't think there's any huge global data or like global brick and mortar brands where there's, they have physical stores everywhere, but they have no online presence. I don't believe that exists anymore, but you know, i <clears throat> could always be wrong with that but essentially you have to see okay where are people buying from you and different countries i mean just because you have something like option for multi-site doesn't mean you have a different store for every country on the 
you know, for every country in the world. Yeah, I mean, precisely, if, precisely. Yeah, if fifty percent of your market is in the U.S. and fifty percent is in Great Britain, then maybe perhaps you only need a a, a Great Britain domain store. Yeah, I mean, I, like I said, it's something that you know just. And the key word here is being scalable. So looking at a platform like Shopify Plus and knowing that you have options and that you can scale. Um, less about like making the decision, am I going to sell globally out of the gate? But how am I going to get from selling in the States or selling in Europe to selling globally over time and having a plan in place? And <clears throat> excuse me, that's, that's also a business decision um, and making sure that you have a platform that supports your business goals. Um, so there, there are some questions surrounding like content, language, multi-currency, a few things that we touched on that I think all merchants need to ask themselves and consider. So certain things are, are your prices the same for domestic and international? So figuring out if their prices are different, not just the currency is different. So, you know, figuring out what the, 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 the business um, implications are of that. Are, are you going to offer translations or do you need more control? So is it going to be automatic translation? Is it just going to happen? You put in uh, English and then it gets translated into other languages using an app, or do you need to use multi-store or something else um, to be able to have more control? And I know uh, custom effects is, is going to be helping with that, uh, with um, you know having more control over the language. Um, how many currencies will you display in? Shopify Plus displays in numerous different currencies, but not all of them. And I think that there's some considerations there. What currencies are you going to display your 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 products in? Um, are products available in all countries like you, we just spoke about and touched on? Like you're going to sell in multiple different countries, all countries, you know, you, you, have, you have to consider where you're going to be able to ship through, what your fulfillment, what your supply chain looks like, especially now with what's going on with COVID um, and how a lot of brands have their um, supply chains impacted. That's something that you really need to consider. Uh, which countries you're shipping to and uh, which countries, what fulfillment center is coming out of. Uh, do you have different product photos and packaging requirements? That's big. Um, is the, are the products going to be, the actual product photography is going to be different? Do you have different products? Um, is the lifestyle content, like you mentioned uh, in Japan, maybe they, uh, one of our clients has, has different products and, or different um content tailored to them. So I think that's something that is really uh, important to, to figure out who's controlling that content, who your market is, and, and what type of product photos or even the package requirements. When you're shipping internationally, there has to be a certain amount or, or a certain type of um, uh, um, paperwork uh, in the packaging. Um, I don't know too much about the logistics side of it or what goes into it, but I know that there's certain kind of packaging or um, certain types of um, uh, legal requirements and tax requirements when sh shipping internationally. Um, will content vary based on location? You know, something that we kind of touched on. And how will this impact SEO? That is another huge one. Huge one. If you have multiple domains, multiple stores, how's that impacting uh, SEO? Um, there, there's ways around this, and uh, Shopify Plus recommends. And I know that we worked at this before. Um, uh, it's called, I'm not saying it right, HRE Flang, Flang. I don't know how to say it, but um, for multilingual stores, um, this doesn't go for just Shopify Plus, but I know there's been a lot of content on it that Shopify Plus releases. Uh, Google introduced HRE Flang. It's spelled H-R-E-F-L-A-N-G. Um, 
I think I'm saying it right. If I'm not, someone correct me. Uh, so in 2011, I think they they introduced um, the Google Attribute uh, HRE client um, to help website owners and developers show search engines the relationship between pages in alter- alternate languages or region-specific pages. So that means if you have a store that has multiple stores, multiple URLs, and they're using, you know, you have your Canada store and you have your US store, well, it's very likely it's going to be in the same language. Even if you have a UK store and you have a a US store, but you have multiple stores, duplicate content, bad for SEO. So Google released this that enables you to, and even in different language, Google enables you to associate these pages together um, so that when someone is in the UK and they're searching, they're automatic, not that they will only get redirected to the UK store, but when they search on Google, they're going to get UK results and UK SEO results. So it's going to pull from the specific region that you're from. So this is something that all e-commerce websites and merchants need to take into consideration that if you just launch these stores without taking into account SEO, you're going to run into trouble because you're going to have duplicate content, or you may have someone in the UK pulling up a US store. Um, you know, you could have your redirects in there, but um, you definitely need to take a look at HRE flying. I'm not sure <laughs> if we touched on that in the ebook, and I'm not sure if I'm saying it right. I so actually, yeah. That. So just to more, <laughs> it's it's funny when you were so when you were pronouncing it like that HRE flying. I didn't get what you were. I, I wasn't like getting it based off that. Then I looked it up. It's it's href lang. It's the oh, oh man. Oh, we, uh, all right. We either cut all of this out so I seem smarter than I am, or we leave it in so people could laugh at me because I've always read it as hre. But you're right. It's href lang. I should have known that being a developer that I didn't see href in there and language in there. I guess it was just the way my brain read it. But thank you, href. <laughs> href language that makes so much more sense oh boy all right well if anyone if anyone's listening give me heat for this you can make fun of me on linkedin and call me out on that (laughs) Um, i'm fine leaving it in there i know when i made a mistake uh but but href flang um href language um is super important so localized content uh being able to um make sure that your Make sure that you're um, keeping SEO top of mind when you're when you're going international, or even if you're not international, SEO should be top of mind. You know, it definitely should be something to take approach on. So, um, we went through SEO, we went through multi currency languages, multi store, um, all of these different things. Checkout, different checkout. Uh, we also went through some of the brands that we work with that are selling international, like Kith and. Wolf and Shepherd, Mia Bacar, Packer Shoes, Undefeated, um, Ports B, some other brands um, that we've helped with inter- international commerce. So I'm really excited about the new functionality that's coming out. I think it's going to make our jobs easier. It's going to give us the tools to recommend to our clients to help them sell internationally. Um, you know, but keeping in mind that these are just some of the considerations um, that clients need to make. Uh, or that merchants need to make when going international. There's a lot more. Uh, I know that we're going to be touching on integrations in another um, episode. We're also going to be touching on post-purchase and um, possibly customer experience um, as we start to roll out this series. 
Uh, we also have the ebook, which has some more information on it. You could get that on our website, avixdesigns.com. Um, any other topics, any other things that you wanted to touch on, David? Um, the only specific questions I had left were kind of more about our experience with it, specifically regarding when it doesn't make sense to do, uh, you know, international like shipping or, or multi-site. Have you ever come across a potential client or even a client we ended up working with who wanted to do multi-store, but it was, but through like, you know, our own discovery, because we have a pretty robust discovery process. Um, do you, did you find that it wasn't really appropriate for them for whatever reason that might be? Um, I don't have any off the top of my head that we've disqualified from selling internationally, but there are some that we've discouraged from doing multi-store. Um, because after we actually went through the discovery and even though they came to us and said, Hey, we want to set up multiple stores. We need that. We figured that it wasn't the best approach and that a better approach would be using uh, a third party checkout. Um, I, okay. I haven't come into, I don't know what maybe, maybe there was, I don't remember off the top of my head, any of our specific clients that we advise against selling globally, but we definitely advised against multi-store if that wasn't the best approach for them. And that's what we want to do is make sure that we're advising the best possible solutions for our merchants. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I can, I can totally see that because international shipping, uh, all logistic considerations aside, technically is a somewhat easy thing to set up and manage, whereas multi-site is a much more robust consideration in it can change how you run your business on the back end completely. So Absolutely. I can definitely see why that's, you know, a consideration with that. But without maybe, you know, revealing any names or any sensitive information, what do you think made these merchants think they needed multi-store when in fact they didn't? Well, I think a lot of the times it's misinformation. So merchants come to us because they know, you know, we do this every day we work within shopify plus every day we're the professionals and the experts when it comes to shopify plus as are any of the other shopify plus agencies that uh that that are partners uh with shopify plus so i i think a lot of times they they they, they get the wrong information or they make certain decisions they think that something might be right for their brand but they might not know all the details and it's our job to be able to inform them not to make these decisions specifically for them or to push them in the wrong direction, but to be able to give them all the details that they have. Not say like, hey, look, you know your business best, but here's some of the things you need to consider when doing multi-store and some of the things you need to consider when selling globally. And then let them make their decisions from there. Of course, of course we could advise on these things, uh, but ultimately they need to make the decision. And maybe, maybe they're not prepared for it right now, but they're planning to scale and grow into it. Um, and maybe they need to make a certain investment now. So we're going to advise them. But the reason why I, I would say the biggest reason is because, uh, you know, same reason why uh, merchants may come to us and asking for headless commerce. They heard about it. They want to do it. But then once we start to lay out all of the details about headless e-commerce and what's involved in it and that there's a bigger upfront investment, you need to have there's more management on the day to day because you're managing multiple platforms. Yes, it's robust. Yes, you could do a lot more with it. You could use Shopify Plus and Contentful, um, and you know you 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 have a, you could create something extremely unique and custom, um, and lightning fast. Um, 
but there's a lot of things that they need to consider. Uh, and that has happened where we had customers come to us for a certain, you know, whether it's international or not, we've had customers come to us for, um, uh, for uh, big requests. And then once we actually laid out not only what the expenses were, but how they're going to manage that day to day and how that's going to impact their business in the short and long term. Um, and once we lay that out for them, that, that, that's something where then merchants start to make the, the different decisions. So I think a, a lot of it has to do with education. That's one of the reasons why we put out this ebook. One of the reasons why we're putting out content on our blog and on LinkedIn and also doing this podcast is to help merchants make, make better decisions uh, when it comes to their business. It's true. But so we can spread knowledge and promote ebooks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I had a really good time writing it. It was really great. Um, putting that together, uh, and and thank you to VL Omni uh, and the team over there for contributing to the integration sec- section. Um, as I said earlier, this is going to be a multi-part series. Uh, this is just our general overview. We're going to dive deeper into the specifics uh, of of using Shopify Plus for internationalization, um, integrations, post-purchase, customer experience, um, all of these things to take into consideration. Um, about using Shopify Plus for global commerce. So I'm really excited for that new functionality. I'm excited for this series. Um, and we look forward to um, look forward to uh, 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 meeting with some of these other partners. Sure. No, yeah. And good to get more insights on that. And I think with that, we can kind of wrap it up here. So thanks everyone for listening and catch us at part two of international e-commerce.